0: This is Brain Diet, episode 182 two things that predict whether or not you'll stick to a diet. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. We are getting close to a free masterclass that I am teaching On September 6th, it's a Wednesday at 1 p.m. Mountain Time, I am teaching a class called Self-Care with an Autoimmune Condition. And I'm really excited about some of the content that I'm teaching because it's new and different from some of the other things that I've taught in the past. And so I want to extend an invitation to you. And I'm going to be addressing people that might prioritize other things over self-care. I'm going to address those obviously with autoimmune conditions who have to consider their condition when making decisions about daily activities. If you find yourself in that boat where you were having to think about it as you decide what your day is going to look like, then this class is going to be for you. If fatigue is a regular occurrence for you, I'm going to be addressing all sorts of things about that. If you feel like your autoimmune condition is a roller coaster emotionally or physically i'm going to be talking all about that and if you feel like self-care can be expensive or too time consuming where it's just like i don't have time for that i'm going to be addressing that as well now other things that might come into play sometimes people are like well no i'm i'm good at self-care and i have some staple self-care actions but sometimes those actions don't help in the way that you want. And so I'm really giving a comprehensive picture of what self-care looks like within the context of an autoimmune condition. And I'm going to help you identify where you might be lacking in your self-care that you aren't aware of, where nutrition and exercise fit into self-care and how you can maximize your self-care and also save time and money and not just be spending all of your resources, trying to take care of yourself and not even necessarily getting the return that you want. So I'm really excited about this class. The link is going to be in the show notes to register for this free class. And if you know someone that might benefit from this class, I would be so appreciative if you could share this with them. I'm really excited about what it is that I'm going to be teaching. So be sure to sign up, register for this class, or send it to someone who you feel like might benefit from this type of material, this type of uh, instruction, and I'm just really looking forward to it. I'm, it's going to be a great class and I've put a lot, of, a lot of thought into this as I've been working with people in this community and trying to cater to what I feel like people are telling me they need. And this seems to be towards the top of the list, so I'm excited about it. Today on our episode, we are talking about two things that predict whether or not you will stick to a diet. This is something that I love talking about because dieting and food and nutrition and optimizing your body composition and all of these things are so fascinating and interesting to me that when there is information on what helps make it easier or what makes it harder or the things that come into play, I love to share it because I think it's so fascinating. It's so much more than just, well, what are you eating? And yet that's so much of what we're fed metaphorically, right? The information that we're fed is, what are you eating? Eat this. Here's what I eat in a day. Try this diet. Try this diet. And it goes so much deeper than that. And so I'm really excited for these two things that I'm sharing today because it just is what it is and it doesn't have a lot to do with whatever the diet is. So the first thing that predicts whether or not a person will stick to a diet is self-efficacy. Essentially what that means is what you believe about yourself and your capabilities as a person, as a person and your ability to follow through or lack of ability to follow through. Self-efficacy is oftentimes overlooked because we diminish the impact it has on our choices. We're too quick to say, well, what should I be eating? Well, when should I be eating? Well, Well, what time of day is going to be best for me to eat? What type of foods should I be eating? And Those things can come into play, no doubt about it. But if you do not have a strong sense of self-efficacy, none of that will matter. There are things in our lives that we do not do, that we don't follow through with, not because we actually can't or are unable, but because we block ourselves by telling ourselves that we are unable. And because it is a conscious process that sometimes isn't quite at the forefront of our consciousness, we just believe it to be true like, oh, I just can't do that. I don't know how to do that. I'll give you an example of where I'm at in my own self-efficacy space, if you will. The newest thing that I have been practicing and attempting are handstands, trying to learn how to hold myself up, upside down. And then eventually I want to be able to do a handstand walk, right? But one step at a time. And for years, I've been doing CrossFit for four years now. And I've never really practiced them. I've never tried to just kick up without like something to kick up against. I've never spent time attempting it. Now, it's not necessarily because I'm unable to do so, which which I am, but it's not because I lack the ability. It's because all these years I've just been like, oh, that looks too hard. I'm going to flip. I'm going to hurt myself. I've been telling me myself, telling myself these things about my ability to do handstands that have prevented me from even trying And so while technically I'm not able to go upside down and hold myself there for 30 seconds, I've been telling myself things that have prevented me from even trying. And so when it comes to anything in your life, and in this case, if it's a diet, maybe you aren't able to follow through on some of these things. Maybe you really don't have the ability right now, but you must first try in order to develop capability because the lack of even attempting guarantees failure. So if you have a diet that you want to implement, that you want to follow, if you believe at your core as you approach it that, oh, I can't do that. This is going to be too hard. I'm not good enough. You will immediately stall action. You will guarantee failure simply because of your belief about yourself and your ability to follow through on something. So if you don't believe in your ability to do something, at least frame your perspective around your ability to try. And this has been my approach with... You know, handstands at the gym, but also all of the other movements that I've been learning over the last five years that I've never done before. Like, I'd never done a power clean or a snatch. I didn't even know what those things were. And naturally, when I tried to do them, I was very terrible at them and couldn't do them. However, instead of continuing to tell myself that, like, oh, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. This is going to be too hard, I framed it from a space of, I'm willing to give it a try. I'm good at doing new things. I'm good at doing hard things. I'm really great at practicing. I'm such a great practicer. That's one of the skills that I pride myself in is there's so much that I'm not good at, but I'm such a good practicer that I can kind of get to where I'm good at things just because I'm so good at practicing and not necessarily because I'm just naturally gifted at something. And so when it comes to following through on a diet, this is the foundation. This is what matters. Is Because if you have a dialogue internally that diminishes your ability to do something, you will not even try. If you believe that you can't do something or that you can't follow through on something, you will not even put forth any effort. Thus, you will guarantee failure. Your belief in yourself is what guarantees success or guarantees failure. It has that much power. So for success in any type of health endeavor, diet, fitness, whatever it might be, it needs attention. This dialogue, what you believe about yourself and your ability to do things needs attention. You wouldn't try to build a house without a foundation. You would make sure that a house and its foundation was one of the top priorities. You'd be like, oh yeah, well, we at least need the foundation before we start building the walls. And that's what self-efficacy is. It's the foundation for anything that you want to do. Because if you start putting up a wall, but underneath there isn't a lot of solid belief in yourself that lack of belief isn't going to sustain what you're trying to build on top of it. Self-efficacy isn't just flowery thinking and trying to shove affirmations down your throat. It's changing the core of what you believe about yourself and your abilities. Because what you believe about yourself, that leads you to show up in your life in a very specific way. Someone that believes I can't do that will not try someone that believes I'm good at doing new things will at least try. And that latter person immediately has an advantage, has a higher likelihood of success, all because of that internal dialogue, of that self-efficacy, what you are thinking about yourself and your ability to do something. And so in order to change what you believe about yourself, you have to be very specific with the action that you are trying to do, such as doing a handstand at CrossFit or such as eating a certain amount of protein in a day. You have to get very specific about what it is that you might want to implement and then identify what am I thinking about myself and my ability to do these things or to follow through on this thing. You have to examine those things because oftentimes it can just slide under our radar because we simply think that it's true, that we can't do something or that it's going to be too hard. And then we block ourselves from even having the chance to succeed at something. So self-efficacy is the first thing that will predict whether or not you will stick to a diet. The second thing is social identity, which is essentially how you label and categorize yourself relative to other humans. What type of social groups you identify with. What came to mind when I was thinking about my own social identity is I don't drink alcohol. And that's not because it's just a passing whim and it's not because I'm resisting my desire constantly all the time for alcohol. It's just something I decided a long time ago that I don't drink. That's kind of how I identify. That is the social group that I kind of grew up with and then continue to be a part of. Is It's just not something that is part of my social experience or part of my emotional experience. It's just something I've never included as an option for something to do or consume. Another example for social identity is a lot of people that are vegetarians or vegans, for example, it's not necessarily just a simple dietary approach. There's usually a lot of internal identity that comes along with why someone would make these choices to be this way, to eat these things or to avoid eating these things. It's not just oh, it's going to be healthier if I don't eat these things. And sometimes that can be the case, but usually for it to stick, there is some type of morality and there's some type of social identity that comes along with these types of decisions. And in fact, CrossFit is a great example of this because the CrossFit community is known oftentimes to a painful fault for their obsession with the sport. People that are CrossFitters don't just talk about it to be like, oh yeah, I do it to be healthy. People do it and internalize it as part of who they are, and myself included, to a point, right? Where it's something that is so much more than just what I do to stay lean or what I do to, you know, get my heart rate up. There's so much more to it that's part of who I am that keeps me going. Having an identity associated with your habits is what perpetuates sustainability, and maybe these types of things, CrossFit or or vegetarianism or veganism, it might start as just an interest in like functional fitness or certain dietary approaches, how you feel on certain things. But then it develops into part of who they are. And I've seen that in the CrossFit community firsthand. And I also see it with people you know, that are eating gluten or dairy free where it just kind of becomes part of who they are. Now, the reason that this is so predictive of whether or not someone will stick to it is because social identity is internally motivated. It's who you want to be. It's who you want to be, not just something that you want to do. It is part of your identity, part of your morality, and not just an action you want to take. Because actions that don't have an accompanying identity, being part of who you are, you can easily lose interest in. For example, motherhood is another part of my identity it's, it's who I am. I not, I don't just do mothering things. I am a mom. It's part of how I see myself, how I, I fit into the world, how I fit into my life is so much of that is being a mom. And even when motherhood is difficult, I still do it. It's not like I'm sitting here going, Oh man, I, I haven't fed the kids in like four days. I was just paying attention to other things, I guess, right? We don't just just forget and prioritize other things. like The things that are part of who we are, we prioritize even when it's hard. So for me, that's parenthood. Being a mom, it's hard and I do it every single day because it is it is what I love even when it's hard and it's so much of who I am and who I want to be in the world. It's part of my social identity and not just actions to take. Oh, feed your kids. Make sure you bathe them. Make sure that they are registered for school this fall. It's so much more than that. So when it comes to a diet and sticking with it, identifying with it internally will lead to more adherence than doing it for an external reason. If you have a diet that you're doing because someone else is doing it or because you want people to like you, that is external motivation. And because you lack that internal social identity with it, then you might be more inclined to let other things take priority you would be like, well, I'm not as motivated by this external reason, and internally, I don't really care, so other things can take precedence. It doesn't matter to me as much. That's why social identity matters when it comes to how you are eating. So what are the two things that predict whether or not you will stick to a diet? Your thoughts. It is self-efficacy and social identity, which is essentially what you believe about yourself and your capabilities, and what you believe about yourself as to your category in the world, where you fit socially. And all of that boils down to sentences in your mind. Your thoughts about your ability and your thoughts about your identity are what determine whether or not you stick to a diet. Not the type of diet, not when you eat, not even how you eat, but instead those two things, the sentences in your mind. It has less to do with what is outside of you, like the foods around you, and more to do with what is happening inside your brain. Now, there are also things that can lead to worse adherence to a diet. We've addressed two things that typically predict more adherence to a diet, and I've got two things that actually predict worse adherence. The first is eating based on mood. If we eat in response to how we feel, we will very rarely stick to something that is going to be in our long term best interest because usually what we want to do is compensate for how we are feeling with a dopamine hit from food. When we are looking to manage our lives emotionally in the moment, then we will not necessarily be making strategic decisions for what will be best for ourselves tomorrow, next week, next month, because our motivation is simply, I want to feel better now, and which foods will accomplish that for me. So, eating based on mood can be a hindrance to sticking to something that is in your long term best interest. So, what do we do to compensate for that? We first need to at least have a plan of how we want to eat and to define very clearly what that's going to look like. And then after that, we need to learn how to manage our emotions in such a way that doesn't work against us down the road. If we are feeling negatively, there are ways to work our way through that without doing something like eating that works against us later. And a lot of that comes down to sitting with your emotions, allowing yourself to be uncomfortable for a while, when sometimes we're not very good at that. But being present with those things versus trying to solve for them, learning how to create movement in your body to help those emotions pass through, have, have healthy coping mechanisms for your negative emotions that actually work in your favor, that actually allow you to make progress. So eating based on mood is very myopic and very... there's a lack of anticipation for the future. If you are just thinking in the moment and putting out fires and not thinking towards the future, then yes, you probably will not be very adherent to a diet. The second thing that is actually really interesting that can lead to worse adherence is when people are eating a certain way in order to control their weight or in order to manipulate their weight, essentially eating in the name of changing or manipulating one's weight in some way. The reason this can lead to worse adherence of a diet is because of the motivation source. Vegetarians, for example, are motivated by a strong internal belief about why they eat the way that they do. Whereas those who are in the pursuit of weight manipulation are often motivated by external standards or expectations. This is why it is so pivotal when I'm working with my clients that when we are pursuing fat loss or weight loss of any kind, that we really work to find an internal motivation for it rather than an external one. Because if external motivation is what's driving your pursuit of weight manipulation There is a lack of internal motivation. And if we go back to this idea of of self-efficacy and social identity, that external motivation can be fleeting and it can really lack the energy to keep up with these behaviors over time. So when it comes to dieting for weight loss or fat loss, your why, why you are doing it has to be very clear and very solid, and it can have elements of external motivation, no doubt, but at some point, if you want to continue, if you want to sustain your efforts, your internal motivation will have to take over. Now again, people choose all the time to lose weight in order for other people to like them, or even for them to like themselves more, or because they believe they should be pursuing weight loss, or because someone told them that they should. And again, if that's the catalyst to get you moving, then that's okay. But in order to sustain changes, you must be paying attention to that internal dialogue. And so much of that is what will also determine how healthfully you pursue these endeavors. Because if you are externally motivated by other people's approval, my guess is you would be much more desperate and pursue more rapid methods of weight loss that my guess is would not be the most ideal and healthful behaviors. So keep that in mind. If you are someone that wants to manipulate your weight in some way, which again is a beautiful thing, if the internal landscape of your mind and of your emotional state is very well taken care of. Now, this is something that I do with my clients every day. It is a crucial foundational pillar of what I do with my clients. So if that's something that you are interested in, you can schedule a consult with me, a free consult, and we can talk all about this. But my friends, that's all I have for you. Self-efficacy and social identity are going to be the two things that predict whether or not you stick to a diet. Bottom line, your thoughts, not necessarily the diet itself. So make sure you pay attention to those things. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free Set Your Custom Macros call. I'll see you soon.